1: Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota, taking your Twitter questions, getting Reggie Wilson's reaction to quarterback, and talking money for running backs. All today on the Minnesota Football Party. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's a Reggie Wilson Wednesday on the Minnesota Football Party. Welcome in. Mailbag edition as well. And as as we are every Wednesday, joined by Carol Evans Sports Director and Anchor Reggie Wilson and sidekick Luke Enman, at Luke underscore Spinman on Twitter, NFL Draft Buzz newsletter author. The three of us will talk Minnesota Vikings football on today's show. It's a potpourri of topics today. We're going to get into Running back money, or lack thereof. Is Dalvin Cook going to get paid or not on the free agent market right now? We're going to get Reggie's reaction to quarterback. He has uh, finished the documentary. Now, it seems like after a week. It's been out a week, and everybody's already watched it. Everybody's already talked about it. It's already like old news. That's how fast we motored through that thing. Um, And we'll maybe recycle a few what's more likely prompts from yesterday's Uh, Show with Luke Inman. We'll run those by Reggie. And we got a couple of good Twitter questions, including a sleeper from last year's practice squad that might make the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Today's show brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And we're not reading for them today, but a little free pub. I got the Bird Dogs uh, Tumblr. That I got for free with my bird dog Jordan. Keep
2: throwing it in our face, Sam.
1: Wow, we get it, dude.
2: You're the best.
1: We get it. Look at how sturdy that is. My uh, coconut mocha latte is just going down so smooth this morning.
2: Mm. Okay. Mm. All right, Reggie.
1: Should we start the strike now,
2: or I'm throwing tomatoes at him.
1: You're joining the picket line. Yep. With the sag and the the actors. Um, today's show. Is available on YouTube for free. Subscribe at Lockdown Sports Minnesota and refrain available wherever you get your podcasts. And that includes the Sirius XM app, SXM app, Amazon Fire, Roku, all of those options. Reg, let's uh let's kick it off with your quarterback reaction. Uh, last week on this show, remember, Luke had watched like eight. All, like all eight episodes the first morning that it was released and Luke had seen all of it. We were still in the dark Reggie. Um, now you've had a chance to see it. What were some of your big takeaways
2: by the way luke has watched like no less than like three more times now he's watching this thing like film at this point <laughs> he's grinding um, breaking
0: it down breaking breaking down kirk cousins at the barnes and noble shop seeing what he's buying <laughs> looking that up buying those on amazon doing some research i'm getting in the head
1: of a reading dwayne wade's book now yeah, yeah. yeah as yeah. kirk recommended yeah.
2: it yeah so uh, a couple things so it was interesting. Um, So one of my friends who has actually watched it, like rewatched three times, he's a Chiefs guy. So any Pat Mahomes content, he's eating it up. Um, What was interesting about the whole thing to me was how introspective Kirk Cousins is and almost to his own detriment. Um, That was interesting seeing some of the some of the uh, interactions between he and KOC on the sidelines. And man, those dudes, they were, you know, they, they, they challenged each other a little bit. And also it was funny to see how dismissive Kirk was whenever he made a mistake and someone was trying to like talk to him. He was just like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Whatever. And it was just like, all right, Kirk, maybe, uh, maybe a little accountability in the moment is okay. Okay. But, but to his credit, You know, the accountability comes in moments after where he's, like I said, pretty introspective about what's going on. Um, It's – they brought the whole offensive line back. They're running it back. And we had no idea that Kirk was dealing with the type of pain that he was dealing with last year. And I remember asking Adam Thielen after several games last year, Adam, how tough is Kirk Cousins? And he's, oh, he's one of the toughest dudes I know. And little did we know, like, how true that was. Now, I'm not sure how much better Kirk plays if he's not dealing with those injured ribs and and all those things because he is, like, a true competitor and he's a real sicko talking about how, you know, he he kind of likes the hits that he takes. But, you know, I, I just, I think it, it, that series kind of endeared Kirk Cousins to a lot of people, even maybe some people who are not necessarily Kirk Cousins apologists. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, whenever money is on the line, Kirk usually plays well. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see this season, how he, you know, makes some more money for himself because that is what's on the line for him. It was also interesting. Uh, like I said, one of my, one of my really close friends, uh, one of my best friends, is a, is a Chiefs guy. And he he asked me, he was like, hey, like, Kirk Cousins taking Tuesdays off. Was that not a thing for you guys up there? Like, did that not get any traction? And I was like, well, they don't even let us in the building until Wednesday. So we wouldn't even know if he was in the building or not on Tuesday. Like, you know, for all we know, the week started on Wednesday." Well, I thought it was interesting how, like, even he said going back to his Washington days, Tuesdays were always his days to kind of regroup. That was like an off day for him where he focused on something other than football. And it was interesting, like, how hyper competitive and hyper focused uh, Patrick Mahomes is and, and how much he puts into it. You know, Kirk's just taking an off day on on a Tuesday every week during the season. And so it was interesting to see the things that Pat Mahomes did in comparison to what Kirk did, you know, both still working on their bodies. He's got people coming into his house, rubbing all on them every week, you know, getting them ready. But then, you know, Pat's working with his own personal QB coach, uh, his own personal um, fitness guy, like getting, you know, the plyometrics together and, and everything else. Like, it, it was a great peek into what makes these quarterbacks great or very good in, in Kirk Cousins uh, case. And so I just thought the whole thing was very fascinating, but it really shined a light. You know, I think it, it gave a new appreciation for what Kirk Cousins does and how hard it is like. It only showed, a, you know, a, a, a little bit into what Marcus Mariota was kind of going through and what he, he went through. But like the drop off between Cousins and Mariota like was definitely, definitely noticed. And you can see like that's what Kirk did. He led him to 13 wins and Marcus Mariota ended up there were like two shows or so where they didn't even talk about him anymore yeah <laughs> so you know it, it was it was a very interesting eye-opening show and I, the, my last thing if an athlete says that they do not hear the noise they are liars they are liars because Kirk Cousins basically let it out that he hears what people are saying and he internalizes it and and he you know tries to rise above it you know I love the line like you know um, it, you you can you can be walking on water but people will say it's because he can't swim and mm-hmm. you know the the whole like he didn't get invited to NFL honors into a, until until the day before and how chapped he was about that and you know prime time Kirk and hey if, if I'm not prime time. You know, if I'm not good in primetime, then what are all these game balls up here for? Like, you know, yeah. like they hear the noise. They hear the noise.
0: Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the uh, relationship Kirk and KOC got a little combative once in a while. They challenged each other. But didn't it feel like didn't you come away with it feeling so much better about their relationship, especially as you watch the season progress? I mean, I get it. It's an emotional sport. That's why we loved Mike Zimmer for all those years. But we talked about it. Right before KOC got hired, the quarterback-head coach relationship, that marriage is so important now in the NFL. And I just came away with very, very uh, excited, I guess I would say, about the future of Kevin O'Connell and how good of a head coach that guy is. Man, I really came away really appreciative of how he handled a lot of stressful situations and how he handled being the, the voice of reason and understanding... Every player is a little different. Mike Zimmer used to talk about that with his cornerbacks. Hey, I got to treat Xavier Rose a little bit different than I got to treat Trey Waynes. But each quarterback's a little bit different. As the season progressed, to see him understand that I can't go over to Kirk after he throws an interception or makes a bad play and start being a coach and throwing the X's and O's at him right away. I got to give him two, three minutes to calm down. I understand now what he needs to process that. Just to see that relationship grow, I came away very impressed and very encouraged about what the future of Kevin O'Connell is going to look like as a head coach in the NFL. That was great. Uh,
1: Yeah, if he's holding Kirk Cousins accountable, that means he's holding everybody accountable, right? Like Kirk is one of the three most important members, two most important members of that team, and he's being held accountable by the head coach. Yeah, that means that that's the standard for everybody. So that that is encouraging to see. I thought KOC was a big winner and I think to Reggie's point about some of the, the the stress that Kirk endures, he shows the price of success. The price of success for him is that he exhausts himself so much to the point where he's so caught up in what might go wrong, um, the negative outcomes. It's so hard for him to enjoy success. Um y- did you see his reaction after the biggest comeback in NFL history, after they tied that game, all he says is, we tie the game. We tie the game. <laughs> Running back to the sideline. And then after the Buffalo game, Patrick Peterson intercepts the pass. They win. And obviously, he's in pain in that game. Stone face. No reaction at all. It's Doesn't... like he's
0: numb. It's like he's robotic yeah. almost. He's sometimes a little bit of a negative Nancy on that sideline too. How about the the Colts game winning Greg Joseph field, field goal. goal kick? He Not goes, even a long, too long field goal either. It's too long. Yeah, I screwed it up. It's too long. You know, he's got PTSD from that Arizona week two game. No trusted. Think about it. You know, he comes out of Michigan State, even take a step back, coming out of high school. Not many big offers. Right. Then he comes out of Michigan State, fourth round pick buried on the depth chart behind RG three, a number two overall pick. He ain't going anywhere. An overachiever, though, at every level. I don't think you become this prominent of a quarterback in the NFL, arguably, you know, top 10 kind of guy. Without being a student of the game like he is, without having some of the physical capabilities of guys like RG3 who came out or Cam Newton's or Jalen Hurts, things like that, to see him behind the scenes, just how studious and diligent he is with the body work one day and then the film study the next, it's kind of obvious, you kind of get it now, why he was able to overachieve at every level of football and become one of the best, you know, 15 quarterbacks in the world.
1: Yeah. And this is why the Tuesday off thing is fine. No one should care about that. He yeah. obviously puts in the work. It's not like he's playing video games like Kyler Murray. He probably uh, puts in more work than most quarterbacks while taking that day off. And you need days off. Like, he doesn't get a weekend. You need a day off from work. You got to quiet your mind sometimes. Connect with your family. That's all part of the, Especially I think. him. Yeah, that that's part of the process of getting your mind right. So I think that's almost prescriptive for him to have that time. Uh if he didn't have that time then, you know, he he would implode uh based on the way he's wired. Last one real quick.
0: Um Just the difference between Kirk Cousins and Patrick Mahomes. Now, again, Kirk, kind of called him out a little bit of a negative Nancy once in a while, a little bit robotic. When adversity hits, injuries, tough plays, whatever it may be, he's not the most optimistic, you know, rah-rah, swag type of quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he lives for it, right? Does that bother you at all when it comes to the quarterback position? I mean, do you favor a guy or prefer a guy who wants that moment a little bit more than it seemed like Kirk does or kind of hulks up and says, let's go, I got this?
2: I think you you definitely want a fiery competitor as your quarterback. But I think one thing that we've learned about quarterbacks and, and all of that is it looks different for each guy. And this show really kind of put that under a microscope. Kirk is probably one of the fiercest competitors at quarterback in the league. But he's just – I think he's, like, programmed himself to say, hey, can't get too high, can't get too low. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you just – you never really see, like, that pure raw emotion, whereas Patrick Mahomes, he's like, look, I'm going to wear it on my sleeve. You know, he's throwing crazy touchdown passes like that and then running back to the sideline like, I'm like that. I'm him. I'm him. It's like, woo, you know, I don't know when. Okay, so I love that as Steph Curry got like more, um, like, mature in his career and all that. That like he just leans into the the crazy success that he has. Like he's doing the shimmy, you know. He's doing, you know, he's talking track. Like I love an athlete to do that. And so if you are a guy that loves that type of thing from your favorite athletes, watching a Kirk Cousins, you're just like, uh, it's kind of like throwback, you know, like, like, like almost like Bill Belichick is his coach or something like, yeah, don't, Hey, Hey, yeah. those, you. They say in TV, like you're only as good as your next story. I feel like in quarterbacking, you're only as good as your next throw. And so like, that's kind of how Kirk kind of, like, leads his whole style. He's just like, look, yeah, I, I threw that touchdown now, but, I mean, we got to go get it on that next drive too because this game's not not finished. Then when the game is over, he's just like, all right, like, I, there was some plays I left out there, so we got to get better for that next game. It's like the idea of contentment is not a thing with Kirk, and so that kind of robs mm-hmm. him of being just – able to just like let loose in the moment. And that's the difference that you see between he and Mahomes. And like I said, if you're a guy who likes the rah-rah stuff, which I do, like I, if you are, if you're good, if you I are the best, let me know, let them know. Like I loved back in the day when Cam Newton was just doing whatever he wanted to do and he was dancing, he was talking trash. I just watched the video yesterday Uh, from back when he was with the panthers he was like getting ready to go to training camp and he just looked he's like "Uh, uh, i dare somebody to come do something about it today they were scrimmaging against the bills and he was like hey man this dude from the bills was like hey like i don't know how i'm feeling today you you may want to you may want to slide when you're running because i may hit you today and cam was like yeah all right whatever Bring it on, and you know I like that. Like it just—I don't know. It's like if you're with you, red. I'm with you. Top percent of your of your skill level. Like nobody else is able to play quarterback. Like I couldn't even dream of doing the things that Patrick Mahomes can do on a football field. Let me know that. Let me
1: know that. Yeah, that's what Luke. After Luke hits a good nine iron, that's what he does. He turns to me. He goes, (laughs) "I'm him."
2: That's what I do. (laughs)
1: I'm here.
0: I'm here. I envision Max Crosby and I get right into Sam's face and I start screaming, I'm him right here. And then I go three putt right after that. I'm with you, Reg. I'm with you. I want that little swag, man. Why? It's a game, it's an emotional game. Show me your emotions. Even Tom Brady wasn't known as a rah rah, like swag type of guy, but on the sidelines, when his offense was struggling, he got in the face. And he got that team riled up and he would throw the Microsoft tablet down and everything else. And it showed you sometimes you hear athletes say, I hate losing more than I enjoy winning. And it's something about that just mindset that it's like, okay, Kirk, once in a while, just show me this is eating you up inside. But again, that can go either way. It's a slippery slope. Kirk handles it the way he handles it. Clearly, he's a professional to the max. And I think just seeing this behind the scenes was interesting to see the discrepancy between a guy like Mahomes and a guy like Cousins, and of course Bruh, Mariota too.
2: The 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 Turducken, he was more excited about eating he was the turducken. staring at, he was in love. I mean, he was just like I hadn't seen him smile that much after a game, like in the whole series. Like that was what excited him was eating Turducken on Thanksgiving. Yeah.
1: Kirk has entrenched himself as the most family friendly quarterback in the NFL, totally. without a doubt. Now, here's my take on this topic. Mahomes is the only guy I think that could pull that off in a palatable way. If personally, that stuff kind of drives me nuts. You guys love it. That's fine. Kind of drives me nuts. I would, I, if he was my teammate and he wasn't Patrick Mahomes, I would, I could not stand it. Yeah. You you hate him if you're
0: going against him. You love him if he's on your team.
1: Imagine, like, if that was Baker Mayfield, though, can you imagine how much heat? like a guy would take if he wasn't the greatest in the league. Yeah. You got to back it up for sure. So that being said, um, even though it drives me nuts, I need 20% more from Kirk. I need 20% more um, because right now he's almost at a zero. Like there was the mm-hmm. one moment, I guess where he, he like encouraged Justin. He was like, good job finishing that touchdown, man. Great job. Yep. That Does was the ever one. T- We didn't see it again. Does he ever talk to his teammates? <laughs> yeah. Like that. He is so insular when he's on the sideline and we watch it from the press box too, like after a pick, he goes back and he, you know, sits down by himself. After a sack, he goes and sits by himself. After a touchdown, he goes and sits by himself. Good, bad, indifferent. He is so in his own little world. I need a little more interactivity. And if he can't step up just a little bit on a team that's this young, a team that's this kind of raw with so many pieces that are, you know, Obviously, he is the veteran now. He does, he has earned the right to have a voice. He can use it. I'd like to see twenty percent more from Kirk, just not at Mahomes' level. I and also when he gets when he raises his voice a little bit, it gives great opportunities for him to say alternative swear words like "golly," you know, "gee whiz," stuff like Dang that. It. I want more of that. Yeah, yeah.
2: even even right. yesterday uh, with the with the jersey reveal everybody's laughing i i got a hearty kick out of it coolio like that's all you get and then he kept
0: staring a little bit he's like i i guess i really don't see the difference i guess maybe the the boxy eight in the font
2: but yeah it's great it's, 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 like, it's history there's a lot of history with this franchise so yeah that's, that's what we're doing we're honoring <laughs> history it's like dude just uh, loosen you, up man yeah, are like, you
0: alive in there I was just
2: loosen up, like you know. He goes, as to your point, Sam. He goes and sits down by himself, and then, like, if anybody dares come, in, come like into his bubble or whatever, he's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Great job, Kirk, on that touchdown. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Kirk, that's all right. We'll get him next time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like th- the whole time, he's just so dismissive on the sideline. I was <laughs> just like, dude, like it's okay to interact with. Like he's like. When we uh, when we covered uh, the Buckeyes at Ohio State, Urban Meyer was just this, like, maniac. And he'd always say, like, laser focus, laser focus. I need everybody to be laser focused, elite. Everybody plays elite. And you're like, okay, all right, like, pipe down a little bit. And I feel like that's Kirk Cousins. He's on the sideline. He's, like, laser focused. Even Kevin O'Connell, he's, like, Hey, Ke- hey, hey, Kirk, look, what? what He's like, yeah, 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 Kevin, yeah, 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 I, I messed that up. Yeah, 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 whatever. He's like, hold on, hold on, like, can can you just, what was the idea behind that quarterback sneak? Like, I would have called a timeout. You crazy? I thought, yeah, 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 whatever, I didn't get in, I didn't get in, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay, so to your point, Sam, it's like a little bit more like, interaction because clearly he's a very well-liked guy in the locker room or else like he probably is is gone a long time ago people love him but I think I'm still trying to understand why people in the locker room love him so much because it doesn't really seem like he interacts with them as much as maybe Mm -hmm. Patrick does the only thing
0: we got was the you like that Right? Like, that was the most. And it's like, can you bring that up? Can you bottle that up and just take a shot of that before every kickoff? Can you just do that? We're not asking yeah. for the, Patrick Mahomes or Cam Newton. We get it. Be and sure. there is
1: one benefit. There's one benefit to not saying anything. When you choose to say something, it matters more. If you're yelling every day, it loses yeah. its power. So yeah. if Kirk can just pick his spots then that actually has an impact. So that, that's what I want to see going forward a little bit. Uh, Luke, cue up the, uh, the latest community poll. Let's get to that after I tell people about fan duel bringing you today's show. The Twins are still in Seattle, four-game set. Tonight they play uh, against El Castillo, the starting pitcher for the Mariners. I don't know his first name, but the Mariners are favored against Kenta Maeda, minus 148. 148. Uh, you can bet baseball and all the other sports going on. You can get futures in on the Open Championship starting early tomorrow morning. That's what I'm going to be looking at uh, at FanDuel. And, of course, if you're a new customer, you can get up to 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. Bet 20, get 200, win or lose. That's the great promotion going on right now at FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and easy to use, and you get paid instantly when you win. And you can also go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel.com slash locked on. Claim that promotion up to $200 in bonus bets. Who else does that? Uh, Fanduel is an official partner of Major League Baseball. At the twins and other games on Fanduel. Uh, all right. You can subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube for free. And when you do that, you see all of our community polls we unveiled yesterday the people voted for our fourth and final mount rushmore player it was between randall mcdaniel carl eller jim marshall and chris carter cc chris carter runaway winner with 53 percent of the vote uh that was at the youtube community page luke inman what's our latest poll and uh who's winning Yeah,
0: which player on the 2023 Minnesota Vikings will see the most playing time this season? Had over 1,700 votes yesterday. Not too late to go get your vote in. Here's your four options. Dwayne McBride, dead last, 8%. Jalen Naylor, 9% in third place. Second place, Andrew Booth Jr. And then first place, runaway winner, with over half your votes, 52%, Lewis Seen at safety. That surprised me a little bit. I disagree. Just knowing how buried he is on the depth chart right now.
1: I think I, and I, did you ask me that question yesterday, Luke? I think I said I, Booth. I, I, di- I just asked you between scene and Booth, but yeah. yep. Yeah, I would say Booth over scene in terms of just overall snaps on the defense. Reg, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I would agree, especially when you, you think about um, that depth chart and how Seen missing time last year really just kind of buried him even lower, you know? You got Harry coming back. And then you got Metellus, who is playing well. And then you got Cam Bynum, who, like, I don't see how you replace him, <laughs> you know, back there as well. So, yeah, it's, it's got to be booed just because, like, there are so many question marks with this cornerback um, group. You're just not really sure what to expect from them, who's going to get the majority of the snaps. You know, Byron Murphy is obviously CB1. But then the guys behind them, you're just like, it's, it's a little bit of a free-for-all. So, yeah, I would lean more Booth as well.
1: Um, I, too, would lean Andrew Booth. And I still don't think Booth is like a definite starter at corner, but I do think he's going to be rotating in. And you've got enough injury-prone guys that everybody's probably going to be used at some point. Well, fellas... Running back is the big topic right now in the NFL. That's how we're spending our our energy talking about the league until training camp starts. What's going on with these running backs? Saquon and Josh Jacobs probably in a holdout situation. Tony Pollard signed a franchise tag, but no long-term deal. Kareem Hunt and Dalvin Cook are still sitting out there uh, unsigned. Austin Eckler asked for a trade. Some of the biggest names at the position right now are in a crisis. You know who's sitting great? Alexander Madison. He signed a nice little intermediate two-year deal. He's got some long-term security. Like Alexander Madison, he's in maybe the spot that running backs are going to have to aspire to now um, in the future. Signing some smaller deals, short length, might have to get used to the idea of bouncing around. I was uh, scrolling through my phone earlier. Of course, what pops up? Adrian Peterson highlights 2012. I always got to sit down and watch those when it comes around. And I got to thinking, guys, we are never going to see a season like that again or maybe a running back like that again who is so associated with one team being great for a full decade. Those days are gone. And I don't know if they're ever going to come back. Reg, it's just a wild scene right now with these running backs.
2: Yeah, it's so interesting, too, because um, I don't know if you guys saw Joe Mixon was a candidate to get cut and they restructured his deal. First mm-hmm. of all, the Bengals never restructure anybody when they sign you to a contract. That's what you got like you'll you'll play until you you don't have it like I remember with uh with Andy Dalton he didn't have any more guaranteed money left but they still just paid him his contract all the way up until it was over for him or they'll get off from underneath the the guaranteed dollars and if they have to cut ties with the player then they'll just cut a player and there's no it's so interesting how like Quincy and and and, you know, before him, Rick Spielman kind of did things because, like, the Bengals don't believe in, like, deferring that dead money. They're like, look, if we can make a clean break, we'll make a clean break. And they were about to do that with Joe Mixon because he didn't have any guaranteed money left. Well, they restructured his deal. And when the numbers came out just yesterday, um, Spotrack, it basically was, like, they took his old deal and they were like, Shh. Like ripped it up, he now has a, a two two year eleven and a half million dollar deal. Quite the considerable pay cut, you know. Mm-hmm. He can reach more money with incentives. He got a guaranteed number at signing that uh, that extension as well. But it just kind of shows where the running back market is right now. That a guy who was making you know close to ten mil or however many a year now. You know, is making half that a year. And that's just kind of where it's going. I know a lot of people were upset. You know, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, when the Matt Miller guy said that his formula for a running back is you draft one, let him play that rookie deal, franchise him for a year, cut him loose, draft another guy, watch rinse, repeat. And it's tough because, like, it kind of makes sense. And then Mina Kimes brought up a good point. She's like, man, the, the running back position is one of the few positions where they play in their prime for free. And then by the time they get to the league, like they're already like getting ready to go on that downslide. You know, like it when they're in college, they're probably the best that they're that they're gonna be as far as like health, legs. You know, all of that. Yeah, they they get stronger and and all that good stuff. We've seen all the Saquon Barkley workouts and all that stuff. But they're probably the the best that, that they'll be in their like absolute prime when they're not getting paid for their services. And that's the tough part about being a running back in today's NFL. We've watched over the last month. Every day. Whether it's NFL Live, whether it's Sports Center, whether it's uh Get Up, whether it's uh This Just In or whatever the show is, where's Dalvin Cook gonna land? Every day. The I just saw yesterday, the Patriots are now one of the favorite teams to land them. And it's just like, what where is that coming from? And people are like, Well, what is the number gonna be? He's trying to get paid. Well, it's like, uh, I think we've seen enough this offseason to see like. He's just gonna have to take what he can get because the whole idea of him quote unquote getting paid is just not a thing anymore with these running backs. They have just become devalued. We saw it happen, and then we saw a little bit of an uptick. Guys like Derrick Henry got paid. And you know, he deserves the money that he's getting. Christian McCaffrey got paid. He he deserves the money that he's getting. Not to say that these guys don't, these other guys don't, but at the same time, like <sighs> This is how it goes. There's an upswing in contracts and then we go in this down period and and that's just the life in the NFL as a running back and it's it's tough to see because these guys literally take a beating. They're getting hit each and every time they touch the ball. And that is a tough reality in the NFL which I get why he's why why the running back is upset, but then I also see where the team is like, well I mean, we just yeah. You know, you look at the past Super Bowl winners, the the running back, you know, the, the Chiefs won this this last Super Bowl with Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round running back from Rutgers. Like it, they, they won their last one with Damian Williams. Like, I, I don't know, like the, the Bucks had Leonard Fournette, but like he wasn't the Leonard Fournette that that you and I like saw in college and you know his first several years with the Jags and all that like it was it was a different Lenny so I I just I don't know it's it's uh it's tough man I feel for the running backs for sure
0: yeah there's 32 starters right in the NFL B. John Robinson is a rookie he's on that rookie deal he's the 13th highest paid running back in the NFL going into 2023 the salary cap continues to increase Every other position continues to make more money on average over the last five, 10 years. Running back average has gone down the last five years, something like 10.7 on average down to like 10.3. That's mind-boggling, guys. And I think, I mean, Reggie hit on a lot of great points. I think it all comes down to analytics, really, at the end of the day and how it's it's kind of taken over the way teams run operations now. And, and this whole not paying running back stems from a case of It feels like GMs are just stripping everything down to just – positive and negative net value now and you know if you look back i think it all started when the league they tweaked the rules a little bit right helping the quarterback and the passing game it made it to where okay the quarterback position uh, wide receivers pass rushers cornerbacks they've become so much more valuable and important just from a pure analytical standpoint that when you're building a team with a salary cap structure meaning I only have a finite amount of money to play with now, GMs are, are forced to strip things down to how valuable each position is even more so. And now in this past Happy League, right, the running back position is just one of the first positions to get devalued. And you think back to like Mike Shanahan, Denver, remember that era, like 15, 20 years ago, kind of was the first to lay out this blueprint. We plug guys in like Terrell Davis, Orlando Gary, et cetera. Then Bill Belichick did it a few years ago, running back by committee. Sonny Michelle got hot, super hot in the playoffs. They go on to win a Super Bowl versus the Falcons. It's just the blueprint of the league now. I agree with Reggie. It's super unfair to all these running backs. They put their bodies on the line and absorb the most punishment of arguably any other position outside of maybe the trenches, right? Offense and defensive line. So I would be ticked off too. I mean, you see Austin Eckler, Derek Henry on Twitter the last few days. It doesn't seem fair because the running game still matters in the NFL, and I think it always will. I mean... You get to the playoffs every year. What's the first thing the quarterback and the coach say in the playoffs? We got to run the ball and we got to stop the run. I mean, third and one, fourth and goal, got to move the change. You got to be able to run still. And these running backs, it's not just running the ball anymore. They're asked to run, they're asked to catch, they're asked to know how to block. I mean, they have to do a little bit of everything. So, yeah, I think running backs still matter. I get the frustration. It's a tough thing to watch kind of play out before our eyes here this offseason when you got guys like Saquon, Jacobs, Dalvin, Zeke, all these guys struggling just to feel like they're going to get paid what they're worth. It's tough.
1: It like It's going to be such a rude awakening for Dalvin Cook and for Zeke and for Kareem Hunt because who in their right mind... Would give them the money that they're probably asking for when they can look at the free agent market and say, ah, you know, we'd we're just gonna give the vet minimum to Royce Freeman. We're just gonna give a million dollars to Dontrell Hillard, right? Like that's the play. You're not gonna give 10 million to Dalvin Cook when you can pick, have your pick of a number of other, definitely less talented, but so much cheaper backs. It's just not proportional what they're asking for compared to the market. It's it's way out of balance. And I feel bad for like a college running back. I feel bad because your earning potential is so much lower going into the NFL. Like best case scenario is you get that tag and then you hope for an Alexander Madison deal. Right. Like that's kind of it's almost better to start, to start out your career as the backup and then you become the somewhat inexpensive starter after that. Kind of crazy how things have gone. And that Alexander Madison, Luke, do you have the rankings up? What's Madison's rank in salary now amongst NFL running backs? It's got to be top Yeah, he
0: is, Alexander Madison is, oh, I'm on 2022, hold on. Alexander Madison in 2023 is, oh, he's like 26th, 25th.
1: What's the salary? I thought it was two uh, point like four.
0: Two point 4, oh. four cap number. This is this is organized okay. in pure cap number. Here's something crazy. Last year, the top five paid running backs, Zeke, Cook, Mixon, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley. You get to this offseason, the top two are free agents still just sitting out there waiting for the phone to ring. Joe Mixon had to restructure on a deal that was, oh my gosh, seemed very cheap for how good Joe Mixon is. Derrick Henry, okay, that's one out of five. And then Saquon Barkley is obviously in a holdout situation. The top five running backs, four of the five, fighting for every penny they can, it seems like. It's crazy. Uh, The message has been sent, it feels like, from the owners and the GMs out to the rest of the league. This is the blueprint now, and we're not budging. The question is, if you're a running back, do you guys all group together now and huddle up and say, we got to do something. We got to go on strike or something like that, right? Something in that realm. Okay. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're You'll so you know be
1: you replaced do. like that. And oh, you know course. what? It would actually work against them because there would yep. be, the running games would be fine. Yep. They would be just fine. Oh, and there'd yeah. be new stars that would emerge in a second. Mm-hmm. And they yep. would be stuck. It and would be such a bad idea. And looking
2: at, looking at this... Uh, This uh, Derrick Henry thing, like he's going into year three of that four year, $50 million deal that he signed back in 2020. And in 2020, he had 378 carries. (laughs) 378 carries. So look, Derrick Henry is is an extraterrestrial. Like we know this, like he's just kind of like different. That was the 2000 yard season he had. The next year, he only played eight games because he had uh, an injury. But then he came back last year. He had 349 carries for 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns. Like, but now, guess what age he is? He's 29 now. And so, like, as you said about Adrian Peterson, Sam, like, this is probably, you know, I think there were trade rumors that they were trying to trade Derrick Henry this offseason anyway. So this is probably like the last year that he will play in Tennessee and we'll kind of see him kind of be that journeyman dude maybe going forward. But Mm -hmm. that magic number, 29, the cliff cometh.
0: If there's one guy that can like overcome getting 400 carries or touches, I guess it's King Henry, right? Almost six foot four, 250 pounds. He's like the only body type that I feel like can absorb that much punishment week after week, year after year, and still bring a high level of play to the field like he does. But everybody else, man, yeah, I mean, just the physicality and just how brutal and just violent this sport is ah it's a tough situation man i get it and 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 to you guys' point what are you gonna do i got a replacement locked and loaded ready to roll if you dare hold out or try to fight for every penny that you can it's a tough situation Mm -hmm. i don't see it changing though anytime soon i think this is the new blueprint and it's here to stay for the foreseeable future
1: yeah. Well, let's, uh, we'll end the show with two Twitter questions on this mailbag edition with Reggie and Luke. Uh, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Help us get to 6,000 subscribers by the time the season starts. That's our next goal. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And on tomorrow's edition, by the way, Arif Hassan and Luke Braun will rejoin the show and Ron Johnson pops in. So we'll have the five box rolling on the Minnesota football party. Two questions. Uh, this one from, from Swede school, which member of last year's practice squad has the best chance at making the roster this season. Interesting question. Uh, it is a little hard to track who exactly was on the practice squad at the end of last year. It's always changing. But if you look at the, the week one practice squad from last year, from what I can tell, there's about five names that remain on the team. Defensive lineman T.J. Smith, uh, linebacker William Huenku, wide receiver Tristan Jackson, center Josh Sokol, and tight end Nick Muse. Do any of those names stand out as sleepers going into training camp? Luke?
0: I would say William Quinqu. I think just looking at the linebacker position right now, you lose Eric Kendricks, obviously. Troy Dye hasn't done too much. Yeah, you got to get through a guy like Troy Reader, but just to at least, if we're just talking, make the team, the final 53, you look at a game like Chicago Week 17, which we've seen before. We saw a couple times during the Zimmer era, whether it's, okay, the playoffs are already locked up or season's already over. You get some backups in there. It's your first kind of radar as a fan to say, all right, Who's at the top of the pecking order for these coaches? Who's getting some real playing time? Kwaku got some great playing time in that Week 17 game versus the Bears, made a couple plays, had a tackle for loss. I think just given the bodies in front of him and a lack of competition, yeah, again, you got a guy like Ivan Pace Jr. in there as well. But end of the day, they're going to keep four, if not five, linebackers, inside linebackers. So I think he's got as good a shot as any of these other guys. Nobody else is really popping out to me, to be honest. Maybe Tristan Jackson.
2: Mm-hmm. reg that was such a luke answer um he mentioned like five or six guys uh i, I <laughs> think i think uh also very much a luke answer that he was locked in knowing a guy from the practice squad and knew his stats from the week 17 game yeah keep up reg.
0: like come on man good lord you dude up. you are
2: locked in locked on um <laughs> I, I don't know i i think the the one name for me, I guess, just because it's a skill position guy, is Tristan Jackson. I think the the coaching staff likes him. He showed you know some promising things in the preseason last year. But with the pecking order now, with the receivers, especially after drafting Jordan Addison, I'm sure he's like, dang, like, what's a dude got to do to to crack the the lineup here? But maybe if if he can find some some playing time, you know, over a guy like a Jalen Rager or He's fighting with Brandon Powell for special teams reps. I don't know. I, I just, none of those guys really inspire me. But I, I think if I, if you just had to make me pick one, i will go Jackson.
1: I think we need former producer Matt DeBritz to come on and give us the scouting report on Tristan. Syracuse guy. That's mm. DeBritz's wheelhouse. Um, I'm going to go with center Josh Sokol, Chris Berman voice. From Sacred Heart. Uh I know you love a good NFL primetime reference, Luke. Uh, Sacred Heart Center, Josh Sokol. I just think they need kind of an interior line pipeline. They don't have a lot of depth other than the couple veterans that are on this roster, right? Uh, maybe Blake Brandle cross trains and becomes a backup guard, but I don't love Schlotman. Schlottman. Schlottman. Uh, have we settled on the last name? I don't know if I love that option. They didn't really draft offensive line. Uh, and Sokol, you know, another year on the team, in the building, uh, maybe he can be a true backup center for Bradbury. Because Schlottman last year was was backing up at center, but that was not his area of expertise. And that was not something that I would say he excelled at in his time on the field. So I would like to see someone emerge to be that number two behind Bradbury, who again missed some time last year as well. Um, Last one, this is... In the vein of you know peculiar peculiar questions, but uh let's roll with it. Question from Joshua. I asked Makai Blackman and Alexander Madison if I could give them a hug the other day when I met them at a fan event in London and they accepted. Very nice of them. If you could hug any Viking on the current roster, who would it be? Um, I mean, I'm definitely I'm six feet. I definitely would want to go like someone who's not like six eight you know cuz then it's awkward then the angles are all off they got to bend down maybe like an Ivan Pace someone who's just a little shorter you know who's kind of closer to eye level i think would be my my go to reggie you could hang you're tall man you could uh you could swing it with someone right. taller
2: so this question is 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 different uh yeah. but you might get in trouble but I have um, it's weird. So with the you know with the 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 fellas like dap up, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like I have like hugged Harrison Phillips. You know how you kind of mm-hmm. give the little hand slap and then just like bring it in type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've done that before. So I, that's my answer. Love it.
1: I bet I, that that'd be a nice hug. Harrison Harrison Phillips is a warm individual.
0: What's the agenda of this hug? What's the purpose? Am I down? Am I blue? Do I need somebody to just come on, man? Give me a hug. Then I'm looking for the big soft teddy bear. Give me Christian Derrissaw. Am I trying to cheer somebody up? Am I trying to lift somebody's spirits? Maybe Daniil Hunter? Doesn't always necessarily when you just you know get that first glance he's and peek at the guy
1: about that contract.
0: He's a little bummed right now. I mean, maybe he needs a little cheer up. Harrison Smith, right, silent assassin, doesn't necessarily. Uh, don't you know, don't even look go
2: like... there, Luke. Don't you don't want those problems too much? No,
1: he doesn't hug. He takes lives. Yeah. Harrison Smith. does. Yeah. Yeah. he's not. Maybe in he a needs a hug. Movie. Maybe he wasn't hugged enough as a kid.
2: I don't know. You try to hug him, it might end in a choke or something. That's why
0: he hits people so hard. It's true. Has anybody tried? Do we know?
2: Reg? No. Get in the scrum. Absolutely not. No. Mm -mm.
0: I don't know. He might have
2: given Chris Thomason a hug. Oh, I would have paid to see that.
1: Oh, man. If that's true. There's got to be footage somewhere. Well, Joshua on Twitter, let us know how the hugs were from Blackman and Madison got a got an angry dog upstairs um and and oh my goodness he's saying wrap it up yeah I, it think, up. I think i think that it is up, it dad. actually that's um, enough that
2: dad all you're yapping down there let's go it's time to walk me
1: that was a great show gentlemen uh we'll be back next week on like the eve of training camp report i mean it's practically here reggie will be seeing a lot of you out at tco performance center as well uh luke Inman. We'll see you on the football party tomorrow. That's our show for today. Appreciate the questions. Appreciate you watching and listening to Locked On Sports Minnesota. We'll talk to you next time.
2: Be blessed. brother. love. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.